What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to OK Shred. I'm your host, Matthias Carlson, and I got lots of stuff for you today, so stay tuned for this episode. All right, guys, uh, we're back here. Um, so, again, uh, just, you know, been reflecting on past episodes and stuff. Again, just saying this, guys, this is a learning experience for me. I'm trying my hardest uh, to put out good content for you guys. So, to today's topic, where I'm going to just be reviewing the K2 Poacher. I've know I've kind of touched on it a little bit in earlier episodes where but we got a lot to go over. I'm going to try to go more in depth here <clears throat> and I'll explain every little thing. I've skied on the ski for around 4 years, so I definitely know what I'm talking about when it comes to it. Now, I have gotten a new ski by K2, the K2 Reckoner. I will, uh, I'll be skiing on that this year. So there will be a K2 Reckoner review. Um, there will be a, f- a review. I'll probably, I'll make an episode just recapping opening day or the first day I went, which will be opening weekend, I hope. I'll make an episode recapping that and, Oh, shoot, yeah, I won't be skiing on that ski then. I, I want to give myself a little bit of time. I get a chance to get more snow on the ground so I don't scratch those skis. So I'll I'll, I'll come out with uh, an initial thoughts episode on the ski, maybe like a one-year-later type of thing. Who knows? But right now we're talking about the K2 Poacher. But first, we've got a little bit of news for you right here. Excuse me. Um... I'm just going to give you guys uh, some reports and opening dates on the three main ski hills in the Okanagan area. And I'll just, you know, in case anyone's new or anything wants um, a little bit of feedback on those hills, I'll just throw in my two cents really quick on the hills I'm about to mention. So the three hills in the Okanagan are Big White, Silver Star, and Apex. And we're, I'm just going to be telling you guys their village base, except for Apex. Apex did not have information for their village snow base. They only had Alpine. So keep that in mind. Basically, village, for the most part, the village is the lowest spot on the mountain. So they'll have more snow higher up because it's colder up there. So more snow will stay. Now, Big White, they have their Gem Lake. And the bottom of Gem Lake goes lower than the village but for the most part the village is the lowest spot on the mountain so big white is reporting a 44 centimeter snow base which is pretty good so that is one foot is 30 centimeters and that's 14 centimeters so that's almost that's almost 18 inches of snow that's just around like 17 and three quarters I don't know 17 five eighths I no I yeah yes about probably around 17 five eighths uh my bad guys I'm just doing a little bit of mental math then silver star is reporting oh my bad so big white is reporting their opening day to be November 25th, which is the earliest day we have on this list. Uh, Big White, right? My two cents about it. Uh, pretty great hill. They they get a lot of snow. However, they need 
that snow. There's lots of rocks poking out on that hill. If they, you know, if they spent a lot of money removing those rocks, they would need less snow, but would get more. Anyway, a great hill. The only thing it sometimes has troubles with is lift lines. But if you move yourself around the mountain, you'll have no problem with lift lines. It's there aren't too many sunny days, but they are in there. It is usually cloudy or even foggy. One one thing I've noticed at Big White that I haven't noticed at other ski hills, but I'm sure it's at other ski hills, is tree skiing at Big White. That's a little bit of a like not bigger thing there. Like it's not something they well, it is something you do, but it's just it's not like a, a big thing. But it's just, it's an aspect of the hill that I've never seen anywhere else. And I've been to quite a few ski hills. So yeah, tree skiing there, it's a lot of fun. You do have to wait till there's a decent amount of snow because there's usually not as much snow in the tree. So you don't want to scratch up your nice skis. So on to Silver Star. They are reporting a 50 centimeter village base. Um, so again, that's a foot and 20 centimeters so probably about 19 inches maybe oh no i'd say maybe 19 or 20 inches of snow they're having their opening day on december 3rd uh silver star silver star is a great hill it it's big enough that it has the amenities of a large resort, but it's small enough that it still kind of has that um, family ski hill kind of vibe. It's really good. They don't get as much snow as Big White, but they don't need it. And they're, well, actually, even though they might not get as much snow, they always have a good season of snow. There's been seasons for everyone where there's just not a lot of snow but silver star always has a good amount of snow an amount of snow that you don't need to worry about they just have a good amount of snow they're just in that area where they always have a good season for snow because like i said even though big white gets more they need it so in a way they get the same amount it that kind of doesn't make sense but it does it, it is a great hill i liked it i might get a season's pass there it depends i kind of want to but then again from what i've skied of big white i really liked it too but i'll have to see apex is reporting a 50 centimeter alpine base so this is a good distance up the mountain and whereas i said the village uh, is the lowest spot on the mountain they were not reporting a village base i mean you don't really care about the village base However, Big White wasn't reporting an alpine base. And so I couldn't go two alpine bases and then a village base because then that would look like Big White's getting no snow. And they have... Well, here's the one thing about Big... That says one thing about Big White and one thing about Apex. Big White's village base is six centimeters less than Apex's alpine base. Now, it doesn't say too too much. Six centimeters is not a lot, like, at all. That's one-fifth of a foot. So, I don't know. I'm not going to get into percentages here. So, it's it's six centimeters is 20% of a foot. I guess I'm getting into per, 
percentages. So 20% of a foot. So that's about two and a half, two and a half, around two and a half uh, inches, I believe. Let's see, 12 divided by 2.5. No, that, that can't be right. Ah, yeah, 2.5 times 5 for one-fifth. Yeah, okay. So it's uh, two, two and a quarter inches. Again, it doesn't say a lot, and you're probably getting lost with my train of thought here, and we still have more to talk about. But my two cents about Apex. Apex is a great hill. It's so unique. Their area, I think it's called the Back Bowls. I mean, it's it's just so it's so unique and just it it feels like you have lift access backcountry skiing because even though they their season might be a little shorter and they might not get as much snow, there is a good a good amount of time of peak season where they have more than enough snow you can need. So even though they might have less than big white, you don't need that much so it feels a lot more than it actually is which is great that's why i like the back bowls that was a lot of fun when i did and they also they have three parks which is really cool it's just it's a different aspect to it and you can you know you can just if each park is a different kind of atmosphere and it's just really cool and i really like that having multiple parks big white has the talus park and it's just, it's this one big thing, although there is the snow cross track, which is really weird to me. But anyway, and then I think Silver Star, I'm not sure what their park's called. I don't know what any of the Apex parks are called, but Silver Star, they just have one park. And it's really good. It's actually really good for tricks. I, I like that park a lot. But I also, I really like the Apex um, parks. It's really cool. So anyway, that was 10 minutes. <laughs> now on to our episode's topic, the K2 Poacher Review. Now we're just going to be going through a few things here. First up, we are going to be talking about uh, the ski's profile, and I'll talk about what that means, why it's important. And I have talked about this profile before on the podcast, but it is very important, and I love this kind of this profile so much. That's why I talk about it a lot. Then we're going to be going over its materials, what that means, why that's good for the ski, why that's maybe bad, who knows. Then we're going to talk about where K2 says you should ski the ski. And uh, then we're going to be talking about where you can actually ski the ski. And these are two different things, believe it or not. Then I'm just going to talk about how it skis, you know, what it feels like when you're skiing. And then we're going to be talking about the service and damage of the ski. So how often did I have to service it? And what kind of damage would it look like if I did, you know, a little thing versus like a, going over maybe a stick or something versus going over a rock, That all that kind of jazz. So first up, the profile. Now, again, I've talked about this profile on the podcast before. It is Rocker Camber Rocker. Go search up ski ski profiles. Click on images, and if you you'll see probably a subheader or whatever subtitle, rocker camber rocker, the best profile there is. The rocker allows you to turn nice and easily, while the camber, excuse me, allows you to have bite so you can turn really good. It it makes it a great all mountain ski, 
and allows you to be controlled and free at the same time. Again, I, I just, I love this profile so much. I, I know people who ski on rock camber. It's a lot the same. It just, it, it handles a little bit better in some areas and a lot worse in others. So rocker camber rocker, I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful middle ground. But because I've talked about that so much, I'll give it a break. Now, I know I've already talked about this ski in a different episode, but, you know, we're going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going to get into this ski really deeply here today. So it's materials. I'm just going to tell you these materials and tell you what they mean. Oh, my word. So they're for the uh, the core of the ski they have uh, fur and aspen um, materials now k2 uh, has this i think i'm not sure if it's patented they i'm just reading on their website here it doesn't say patented but they really make a big deal about it they call it double barrel not quite sure what that means i think it just really refers to how there's two different woods now the fur core it's um they say on their website it's energetic tough dense wood that absorbs impact which is important you do need your ski to be solid and i can definitely feel how these two were blended together in the ski and the way it skis and it is i do like how they how they did this i feel this is really not important like i wouldn't i wouldn't not ski a ski that had this so what that means is if i saw a ski that didn't have this kind of technology it's not like i wouldn't be like okay yeah no goodbye uh uh not touching it absolutely not it's not like i would go that far but i did definitely enjoy this uh technology this double barrel technology as they say when it does so the fur core just it just allows the ski to be really solid not to really flex around too much and allows just allows it to be tough which is it is really important you know when you're really pushing that ski hard when you're really trying to carve with it and if you're just beating it up a lot you know you're landing on hard hard snow if you're doing that a lot it's good it'll absorb and then disperse that i've skied on a ski before when every time i would land the energy felt like it would go up my knee and just really hurt with this ski it just felt like it went through and out the ski like out both ends which is really good now the aspen core it's light this allows your ski to move like be able to move around you're able to do stuff with your skis you don't feel like you got two cinder blocks on your feet and this allows you just to jump around and the fur core allows you to handle but both of these put together make a playful ski that like it will play and i'll explain what that means when i talk about how it skis so yeah just keep that in mind keep that it's a playful ski that will play anyway then they have their i think this is patented on on their thing it's their carbon triaxle braid yes their their triaxle braid is patented and so they add carbon to this to allow it to have some spring and some rebound to it that way when you carve say because this is supposed to be a park ski say if you're carving up the lip of a jump it allows you to get a spring so you can uh, turn or flip or whatever really good now 
I don't know if I noticed this. I did notice it's really stiff. Like you see lots of people doing butters and stuff. I could not do one on these skis. Now, I know there's people who can, but they're pros. It's really hard to learn how to do butters on this ski. But maybe I was just doing them wrong. And then they have their twin tech sidewalls. So this is just a blend of different materials to create a really tough sidewall as well as the the base i'm pretty sure this just makes it so that it won't be detrimental to your ski if you go over like a stick or something especially being in the park you know going over rails and stuff it's not like that's the best thing for your skis but having a really tough and resilient ski is very important to that and it's good that they that they have this if you're going to use this as a park ski. It's the ski's not going to fall apart if you've been going hard in the park. That is for sure. I have put these skis through a considerable amount of abuse and they held up amazingly. So, where K2 says you should ski the ski. Now on their website they list that you should be in park, half pipe and rails. Now the ski does this all amazingly for sure. I mean that that toughness and resilience of their twin tech sidewall technology or whatever the, uh, that really helps with the rails. Um, park park entails a lot of things. So again that tough and resilience of the ski is really good for you know doing rails and there's just a lot of weird things in the park that are kind of hard on skis and then pipe you know you're going really high up in the air and you're landing pretty hard so again this that fur and aspen like the double barrel technology they got in there really helps it perform well in those areas i found at least and again it being able to disperse the energy of the landing and the impact of the landing really nicely was a big help now where you can actually ski this ski it is different than where k2 says you can ski this ski so of course you can ski ski at pike pipe park and rails but as well as all mountain and soft-ish snow so the snow can't be too deep because it is is only 96 millimeters underfoot so it, it's it's wide for sure but not that wide my new skis are 112 centimeters underfoot and those skis are meant for deep, like not deep snow, but deeper snow. But these skis do amazing all mountain, especially because your average powder day might be ankle to like halfway up your shin height. And these skis do fine in that kind of scenario. They do great there as well. Um, in trees as well, I, I found because these skis are playful, but will uh, oh man, I forgot the dang saying. They're they're free, but you know they just. Man, I'm really mad. I forgot the saying. Anyway, because these skis can move around, but you're able to you know force them to do what you want to do. And make skiing in the trees really easy. Now on to how these skis ski, and I've been getting at this. So. I, I find it free but controlled. These skis move around, but you can make them move the way you want to go 
but it's super easy when you usually what you find on a really free ski is a ski that's just really nervous and it's chattering around all over the place you can't seem to go in a straight line or in the direction you want to go in because your skis are just sending you all over the place these skis allow you to go all over the place but you can make them go all over the place they just they won't go you have to make them which is really nice this allows you to be really precise in your skiing i found this definitely skiing trees and moguls which was great for both of those things i like i never was scared that i was going to like you know just like fall and die like i i got going pretty quick and these skis they just they kept on their path so yeah like like i was saying i shouldn't my point here i got can move around but are easily forced into submission again it's it's such a great you know aspect of this ski of how they're so playful yet they just they do what you want which makes it a great intermediate ski is you don't have to be skiing the ski like the ski is not skiing you you are skiing the ski i guess you know you're just you're able to be on the ski you're and you're not having to worry about like oh i need my feet to be pointing this way and i need to be doing this like of course you need to worry about that but to some extent one thing i did find with these skis now perhaps it was the way i had my bindings mounted and again guys if you have any objection to anything i'm saying please reach out to me on instagram at okay underscore shred i can you know either explain a point i had to you or if you just have any other questions comments or concerns you can dm me on instagram again at okay underscore shred so i i found the tails dragged and th that may have been how I had the bindings mounted, but I don't really think so because if they were offset, it would have been by like two millimeters. This was kind of annoying because in deeper, deeper-ish snow, I really felt the tails holding me behind. And that was the part where I did have to kind of use force to get them to do what I wanted them to do. But that was only in deepish kind of snow. That wasn't in the normal snow you would get on an average day. But that is just something to look out for. And if you're skiing at a ski hill that is that always has tons and tons of snow, and it's like not every day is a powder day, but like every day is a good day, then maybe don't use these skis for all mountain maybe use these skis for only park but they will still get the job done all mountain and i'm and because the the way they are playful you could still enjoy yourself in all types of conditions now i abused these skis uh, like quite a bit i skied them for years and they actually held up pretty good throughout all those years now my service record with them i i i had i i got my ski serviced at spork check i didn't have an iron to wax my skis myself at the time so i i did have to go to sport check a, li a little bit but just because of the the conditions of the snow i didn't like need to have my skis waxed all the time it's because it was icy anyway <laughs> 
and icy is not good conditions by the way so yeah i would get a full service from spork check once a year and half a service once a year so i would get services twice a year but both would be different services now a full service <clears throat> includes a hot wax base grind and edge sharpen and ptex if you need it and i i definitely needed it <laughs> so ptex you basically it's kind of like it's like soldering the bottom of your skis now that doesn't make a lot of sense if you solder but you use i don't know if it's a candle but you use heat to drip basically plastic it, it's plastic that hardens onto your ski to kind of fix any gouges you have in your skis and where i was skiing did not get that much snow and they had rocks and sticks poking out so I, I needed this. Also, there was a screw sticking out on a box that just put this huge long gash down my ski. And then a half service. This includes just a, a hot wax and an edge sharpen. I like to get my edges sharpened because I skied all mountain. I did need, um, I do need that the handling capability of it. Now this ski, you can have your base grinded. That also, a base grind? It takes out like minor scratches in your ski so you don't have to p-text like the whole thing but anyway the ski it can go I think it was it was three three base grinds and so I didn't get them base grinded every year if I didn't need to but in the later years and as the snow started getting kind of bad I definitely needed to um, so I didn't have to service them a lot, but the times I did have to service them, it was a big thing, but I feel that's, I feel like that's with every ski. So it doesn't really matter that much. It's not like you're really having to put effort into the ski. This ski never like exploded on me. Like, you know, I've, I've had, I've seen skis split. This ski did great. Now the, the tips, the top side of the ski and then the tips of the top side they they were pretty banged up and there wasn't that much reason that they should be and i noticed the top side was a little softer now because you're not crashing upside down all the time it, that really doesn't matter but there is this one story my friend decided to spray me on an icy day and if you don't know what spraying is that's when you you go really fast and you slow down and you push a bunch of snow onto your friend or onto a snowboarder who's just hanging out in the middle of the run for no reason don't do that but maybe once and then ski away really fast anyway he tried to spray me on an icy day and you can't spray on icy days because there's no loose snow to spray people with so he just chattered along and then he ended up taking a huge gouge out of my out of the top of my ski now of course that that is expected to happen so that's not the ski's fault but for the other gouges I have on the top, they uh, there wasn't too much reason for that to be happening. So, you know, oh dang it, my phone just died. Now I don't have my list. Don't worry. Uh, the the abuse I gave to those skis was very unwarranted. If, you, if you're skiing at a regular resort that gets a decent amount of snow, you'll never 
put any abuse on the ski like that but they always were held like holding up i would hit massive jumps onto just almost pure ice and these skis never cracked or split at all now at the end of it at the end of the day these skis are a great ski and there is never a perfect ski i I don't think i haven't skied a lot of skis but there is never a perfect ski just like how there's never a perfect car there's never a perfect you know computer never a perfect console anything you can never get perfect but you can get pretty dang good what the heck (laughs) you can get pretty dang good and these poachers are pretty dang good now if you're at a place that has lots of deep snow all the time i would recommend a little bit of a wider ski than these skis but if you're at a resort that has an average amount of snow you know if it has like ankle deep powder every day which would be amazing tell me where you ski and i would really like to go there if it has ankle deep powder every single day you'll be fine on these skis and you'll quite enjoy these skis now you might enjoy a a ski that's a little bit wider but these skis are really great and they're i mean k2 calls them a park ski and they excel in there i mean i've i've seen people on the podium with k2 poachers at lots of different events a lot these skis are a great ski there's not too much fault in them really the only one i could point out is that they don't flex a lot and their the tails kind of drag but otherwise great ski i would definitely recommend it to you guys so anyway guys that is the end of this episode thank you so much for listening again if you have any comments questions or concerns or if you want to suggest the the topic of the next episode please reach out to me on instagram at okay underscore shred just hit me up in the dms i would love to have a chance to talk with you guys thank you so much god bless